So he's come into the studio and joined us before, and I'm extremely happy to welcome to the Wine Show Australia on a Sunday morning. It's Mr. Paul Maxwell Taylor. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Richo. I'm in sunny Wagga. <laughs> uh, I love no. Wagga. It is, you know, it's so nice they named it twice, Wagga Wagga. <laughs> that's it, that's it. But is when it... you really look at what it means, it's the place of many crows, right? It uh... is the place of many crows. You're a, you're a wise woman. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, I'm a Tamworth girl, so I, I know the big uh, regional New South Wales uh, towns very well. But I think Wagga's a great place. Yes, in fact, I'm going to go and visit the Wagga Dan Murphy's today, simply because I've never been there before and I probably... I'm on my way to Sydney to catch up with some people up there, and so I thought I'd better buy a couple of bottles as well. So Yeah, I was going to say, what what are you doing in Wagga? Because as a child, uh, we used to spend all of our Christmas and Easter holidays, Paul, driving to places like Mathara and Daniloquin, and we'd always stop in Wagga Wagga on the way through. <laughs> and um, I remember it as you drive in on the left from Canberra anyway, uh, and you had the sort of army base or air force base on the left, and yeah. uh, there were planes there next to that, and that was always really exciting. Is it? It's called Kapuka, I think, isn't it? Isn't that the name of the base? Uh, well, Kapuka's where the uh, that's where the army the, the army, army is because yeah. I've done I've done a bit of stuff there. But of course, you know, to draw in a, a, a nice tight bow, given that we are the Wine Show Australia, Wagga Wagga has one of the great wine universities in Charles Sturt University. So basically, yes, if you're not going to Roseworthy, like a lot of our guests mm. from South Australia... Yeah, you go to CSU there. It could be someone like Luke Lambert or Adam McCallum or some of these great winemakers in Victoria who go to CSU. Mm. Yeah, I think Claire Halloran came here. I remember chatting with her one night. I think she said she... She did her studies here, if I recall correctly. So, yeah, so a nice, nice way to do it. I know Melbourne University's got its dookie as well, but um, what are you expecting from Wagga Wagga Dan Murphy's, Paul? Well, I'm expecting a place of high quality with outstanding range of Ron Kruber. <laughs> <laughs> outstanding value and all that jazz. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'd love I'd love if they had some um, some Vogway Musigny in there or something, I'd be... I'll be looking for that. Yeah, I'd be... worry about that. <laughs> See if you can get a price match. A Rousseau, Chambertin. Ah, a little, little Chambertin, Claude de Bears, mate. I'm beautiful. So, yeah, Paul, what actually will you get? You, you mentioned you're going to pick up a few bottles to take to Sydney. What What's on your mind? I honestly don't know. I'd be curious to see if they have any local stuff. I mean, there's some mm. good Chardonnay being made in this part of the world yeah. these days. So I'll be yeah. curious. Dan Murphy's do endeavour to be regional as best they can. You know, if you go down to... Uh, I often I'm at the Brighton one, and uh, we have a, probably a slightly larger range of peninsula stuff, and obviously Mornington even more so. So I'm curious to see if they've got any um, any local product that I might go. Well, that's worth a try. Well, I, I recall maybe 15 years ago, every year going into whatever local shop it was and buying the Charleston University Chardonnay, the one that they get it, the students good. to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so I've I got no idea, to be quite honest. But I'll go and look and yes. um, I'll make... I was going to say wise decisions. I might not, but I'll make decisions. <laughs> we went last night. We discovered there's a Japanese restaurant in Wagga, so we went to that. Yeah. And um, it's surprising by having an all-you-can-eat menu, which always worries the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Japanese It's quality, quality, quality. <laughs> and i got to say, I took I, because I had them with me, I took along an Arnais and a, I had a couple of Italian wines and I took along a Nebbiolo. So uh, mm. they weren't the worst matches, to be quite honest. No. It was that Rosieri Arnais, oh, I yeah. think. Yeah, that's a good I little wine. That was smell. 26 bucks or something. 
And um, I don't know, this one day when we were having it home, it wasn't terribly cold, and, and there was a real nutmeg character coming through. Yeah. I thought, Jeff's pretty smart. Yeah. So that's, that's I mean, I'm passing through Wagga, my partner, Jennifer. So just, yeah. off, just off air, you were mentioning um, you've got a bit of a big international trip coming up. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah, well, we've got to make exciting. a booking today because my old mate Mark Maxwell from Maxwell Wines in McLaren Vale is, um, has a big birthday, and um, he tends upon those 10-year birthdays to have them. I remember in... Uh, years ago going up to um, the Daintree Forest where he'd organised a bit of a birthday party. Okay. This one is just up the road in Mendoza, so we look like we might um, fly into um, Chile and check out uh, the Maipo and some of the other areas around Santiago and then whip over to Mendoza to have lunch with him at Cicardi oh. of all places. <laughs> I love just whipping over to Mendoza for a lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the plan. Uh, so we're, we're just putting our agenda together right now. So there you go. And and That's what awesome. other luminaries of the industry will be joining you there, Paul? Can I'm you, not exactly can... sure. I pretty when I was talking to him yesterday, there was a, there's a renowned restaurant that he wants to go to. Right. And he said, I they won't take bulk bookings. I think he's going with his two boys. Uh, Jeremy, I think, runs the winery over there. And uh, he said, but Jeff Hardy and Ben Riggs are trying to get in. Maybe you can get on their table. And I said, that'll do. We can talk something with Jeff Hardy and Mr. Riggs. <laughs> Well, we had Ben Riggs on the show, oh, maybe sort of October, November, something like that. And um, I just sort of mentioned to him he was sounding a little bit dusty, uh, and he he'd done his breast cancer sort of ball the night before and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he'd been up till four in the morning. I was like, mate, that is unbelievable that he actually even fronted up on the radio ten thirty on a Sunday morning. Incredible. We had his son Baxter in yep. doing a tasting recently, and. Yep. Uh, a very nice young man, he and uh, the wines were all pleasant. Uh, I They're good, aren't they? Yeah, I, I couldn't couldn't fault any of them. Um, I'm not a big Sauvignon Blanc drinker, but I had one from Adelaide Hills, mm-hmm. which I thought was well made and balanced and all that sort of stuff. So, um, uh, it, so that was nice to see Baxter. And it's interesting to watch the generations, as I said. Um, Mark's son um, uh, Jeremy is running the Maxwell wines, I think, at the moment. Yeah. And um, I think there's a few of them like that. Oh, I also met recently um, Scott Collett's sons at the, the main wine shipper show. They were showing right. off his Woodstock wines. So yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it's the natural generation movement, isn't it? I remember probably, I reckon, 2000, and I was living in Sydney, and I think it was the first time I'd ever bought a case of wine. I bought a case of Woodstock Botrytis Semillon. They made a Botrytis wine. That was a great little wine. That was a great little wine. Yes. Yes, and hasn't haven't things changed? I can recall in early days that when I was at one stage wholesaling Maxwell Wines, they had a they had a McLaren Vale Chardonnay. They had a McLaren Vale Semillon. <laughs> but, of course, they, I don't know. I, get, I think you said contracts over the wines for the Semillon, but I don't know if it's still in the ground or it's been replaced with Nero de Vola or Vermentino yeah. or something that you would plant these days in McLaren Vale. But you might be surprised to hear this, Paul, or you might not, but when I was touring around Adelaide Hills and the Barossa and then McLaren Vale with Jacobs Creek meeting some of the growers, there was a 30-year-old hand-grown, like, um, you know, hand-pruned, dry-grown Pinot Noir vineyard that this guy had. <laughs> and it was like... It was going into a $10 wine, and he just kept wanting to do it like that. I was like, that's that's commitment. Hoped to go over next next month in March to McLaren Vale and, and go to all these places I hadn't been to, but um, given that uh, 
I've got a few other holidays coming up. I might not get there, but it would be lovely. And I always thought McLaren Vale was a great region to visit because they did it well. There was always a McLaren Vale uh, winemakers group or, you know, regional organisation. Mm. And mm. I thought as a visitor location, it's always been a good place. Oh, Victory oh. Hotel, Star of Greece, yeah. you know, Nick Stock's got his new joint down there on the beach, down in Aldinga. Um the great, great wine location, not just because of the wine, but it's pretty lovely having the ocean there. But the food there is pretty darn yeah. good too. So, I think so Paul- Star Greece reminds me of a story going there in something like 97 or 98. I was representing Mark and he said, oh, my agents from Europe are out here. They're a company called Martell. I don't related to the Martell of Cognac fame. Yeah. They're out here for having a visit. And he said, we're having lunch, Paul and Pam. Um, what's the winemaker at Wirra Wirra? Pam Dunst. Dun- Dunstan? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, there was a group of people. And so we, we got to the start. And we're sitting there, and the, the uh, guy that owned it came out later. I think he was the guy that owned it. said, now I've got this on the special. And we've got um, whiting that we caught down at the beach. And he pointed to the beach, yeah. you know, the big wide beach you see. And, and the, the two Swiss guys said, I'm sorry, what did you say? So we, well, we've got, uh, we caught this morning on long lines down the beach. And they turned around and said, what, this morning, down there on the beach, fresh from the... <laughs> And they were just stunned. And they said, oh, we will be having that, please. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just remember the, the, the excitement they had that they were going to eat. They could see the spot where it was caught. I mean, they come from a landlocked country. Yeah. So yeah, I was never forgotten that. Thanks oh, for reminding that's me like, that, Richard. We oh. love that sea to plate, paddock to plate. So um, with talking with Claren Vale, we've been, um, I did mention Coriol um, a, a bit earlier. What's your take on the Coriol wines, Lloyd Brothers? Well, I, I like Coriolis. They're one of the originals. And um, I've, got to say, I've got a soft spot for Chenin Blanc. Mm. And so when I look at what they've done, they've got old, they've got Chenin Blanc they've had for a long time. Their Sanjo, I think, is probably a, the biggest selling in Dan's, I would have thought. Yeah, it's show, a, it's a stalwart. In, interestingly enough, Paul, the Sangiovese there at Coriol, they were actually the first people to plant Sangiovese in Australia. Now, I would have thought it was the King Valley and all this sort of stuff, but it was actually... Coriol. And mm. another little tidbit of information, they have the largest planting of Sangiovese in the country. So they yeah. are the Sangiovese Basing innovators. Yeah. yeah. And and logically, when you think about it, which is what I often say to people, that when you've been at it that long, there's a fair chance you know a fair bit about it because you yes. would have had vintages where it was wet and it was dry mm. and you got it all wrong and mm. you gave it too much oak and, you know, I shouldn't have coal soaked it or whatever they might have yeah. tried. So I say to people... You've got to assume it's a pretty good wine on the very grounds that they know what they're doing. And they've been around for over, yeah, for over 50 years. Now, also, Paul, we were talking off air, well, actually on air at the beginning of the show, Jill and I, about what pleasant bottles did we drink at Christmas? So we sort of narrowed mm. it down to a red, a white and a bubbles. Anything um, anything okay. cracking happen over the, the period for you? Oh, you're sending me. Oh, look, I've got it. Richo, I he can't remember. COVID, I tested COVID positive oh, Christmas no. morning. Oh, yes. no. I was going off That's to, to meet my oh. meet my meet my nine day old grandson and oh, play with nice. my two and a half year old grandson. And so we did open Jennifer and I the O six Castle now champagne, yeah. but the the nasal. The old factory senses weren't working, buddy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, sorry, buddy. Uh, while while uh, you're there, why don't you give me a paper cut and put lemon juice on it, Richo? Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a birthday a few days later, and um, my partner and her lovely daughter dragged me off to the Kingston Hotel in Melbourne, which has been renovated. And uh, 
had a very pleasant lunch there and had a um, uh, a Chardonnay at Dixon's Creek, I think it was. But anyway, okay. it was so I didn't have too much of excitement because of my COVID. Buddy. Where's the Kingston Hotel in Melbourne? It's in Richmond, uh, quite near the North Richmond Station. It's in a suburban street, which okay. is a bit of a surprise. But it's an institution, and um, uh, is it Burnley Street? I think it's Burnley Street. It's oh, been up I, I the do station. know where that is. It's quite a and lot of different. Close. Different to the Kingo in, in Canberra, the Kingston pub there, mate. <laughs> yes, this is a nice little boutique pub, and yeah. um, it was good. It was good. So yeah, I'm sorry I can't wax lyrical about fabulous things that I've consumed in the last couple of weeks. That's all a right. Bit of a downer. We need I'm to. Um, when you come around, Richard. Well, the the week <laughs> after we had our lovely wine merchant lunch Sunday afternoon Christmas party where we had that Magnum party, which was, of course, your idea, and you, you did a great job of getting Matt on board. Um, but the the week after that, um, you know, we were talking about some of the wines there, and, of course, you brought a very nice bottle of... Um, a Magnum, yep. Bruno Collant, sorry, Magnum. It was, uh, yep. Which was, was it a Chassan? It was a Chassan, yes. Was it a Morgio? Yes. What, what was the new it, day? Uh, no, it was Cairo, I think. Oh, Cairo, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, which yeah. was one of the highlights of the of the, um, of the day, actually. It was. it was, and as well as listening to uh, young uh, Michael Zitzlaff talk about his time in California and things like that, which were lovely to hear about. And the, the next week, Michael came on as a guest, and. Yes. Yeah, he was actually quite ill, but it was just amazing. Wasn't that lunch incredible? Because remember he opened a bottle or something and we looked at each other like, okay, this wine's corked. It was, uh, and, you know, and then about five minutes into his diatribe, you sort of looked up with this classic Paul Taylor look and said, happy with the condition of that one, are you, Michael? (laughs) (laughs) And I sort of said, yeah, I think what Paul's alluding to there, and and he spoke technically about why that wine actually wasn't and it's a bit of a cool climate cabernet thing as much as anything but i've had a few margaret river wines that sometimes cabernets that smell that have that really intense smell um, mm. that smell like they're corked and then actually they they just aren't it's just like a, a thing that yeah. blows off incredible it, it did it and you're right he with air in the in the glass it was obvious but um it is curious isn't it that therefore we condemn a corked wine and yet yeah. There's a classical wine that can have hints of it. You know, I always remember a wise wine at one stage, I was talking to him about Brett, and he said, I'm not going to be a Brett Nazi, Paul, because I've had lots of wines where there's been a touch of Brett, yeah. and it's added something in a minor sense. But I've also been places where people put the glass down and say, no, I can't drink that, it's got a touch of Brett. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, one's not right and the other wrong, but it is. we have to be cautious sometimes that some of the great wines in history have had slight faults, uh, you know, well, they're like, like some of the greatest people in history that have slight faults too. But um, I, I think that there's a... Not pe- that you've got any faults, Richard. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, it's nice that you can see that you're one of those people in history, one of the greats. <laughs> I, think, I think some people have more of a tolerance. It's about how your olfactory works, right? So, mm. you know, I know winemakers that, for instance, can't smell cork taint. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not great with volatile acidity. I don't mind a bit of that. I don't mind a 71 Grange or a bit of Barolo. But um, a little bit of Britannomyces in the right, if it's got the right character to the wine, I I think that actually, as you say, can add like just a little bit of nuance. But of course, you know, if it's so far advanced that that's that's all you get in the band-aids and the back back end of the horse sort of thing. um, That's not a, and that metallic, and of course it depends on what kind of Britannomyces you've got there. But I will relate a story back in 2012, I was, 
I went. I was all you know a keen young wine guy back in those days, and I'm still keen, but I'm not so young. But I went to a sommelier, as Australia Shiraz sort of or Syrah kind of blind tasting thing, and you know there was a Jamais Cote Roti that got poured out blind, and it was one mm-hmm. of the most horrible things I've ever smelled in my life. It was so mm-hmm. horrible, and I won't mention names, but the the people moderating this thing were like, righto, put up your hand if this isn't the best wine of the day. So it was like a very leading kind of question because they obviously knew it was Jamais Cote Roti and I'd put my hand up and they're like, well, it, it is actually the best wine of the day. And I'm like, well, no, you can't tell me what's the best wine. This is bready as and it's only going to get worse. And I sort of looked up to Gary Mills who was on the panel. I was like, help me, Gaz. He's just shaking his head. He's like, no, mate, you're on your own, pal. But <laughs> and like, I've had great. Thanks for your support. Yeah, thanks, Gazza. Um, I've had some great bottles of Jamais Cote Roti too. And, but, you know, it, if it's too much, it's too much. It's you too you much. get you yeah. get my drift, my man. Yes, I do get my drift. Which you've made me wonder. I'm you. You may have an input on this one, but somebody was buying a, a pet nap the other day off me. Yes, we don't sell a lot in Brighton, as you can imagine. No, and it made me think that there's probably logically a greater potential for variation in the quality of a bottle of pet nap because everyone theoretically is different. Is that, is that a fair thought? That's, that was so diplomatically put, Paul. You deserve an award. <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best euphemism for, for natural wines I think I've ever Well, yeah. well I don't drink a lot and I'm thinking to myself, well, look at it. There's varied sediments in the bottle there, very yep. safe. Out in this, yep. the, the way, mm. yeah, here you go. I just, <laughs> I wasn't in need of feeling diplomatic, but <laughs> as I'm serving this customer, I'm trying to say, look, I think there's a fair chance one bottle could be different to the next. Yeah, That's all I well, <laughs> and I think you're probably right there. But well, have how, you have you had? How the... about we just can we say, well, let's just move from. I want to stay with that pet nap just for a moment, yes. but just yes. move into a slightly different area, and that is. How much has Dan's been selling these pet nuts over the festive season? Because, you know, they're spritzy, they're bubbly, they're light, they're this, they're that, less hangover, all that sort of jazz. But were people buying it for that or was there a massive increase in sales? What, what do you think? I uh, Well, Richo will have an input perhaps better than mine, but I work at the Brighton store and, of course, at Brighton, Brighton, we don't sell a lot of pet nuts. We, yeah. we can't keep up. We can't keep up with Dom. Mm. But uh, or so I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm the best person to answer that because yeah. we simply just don't sell a lot. Jill, the I answer mean, is sure. yes. We we sold a hell of a lot of pet nuts. I, I assume that would be the case. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, so Paul and I are both OG wine merchants. In fact, we were in the same interview together. And oh. uh, so we were the first two actually that were uh, were appointed in Victoria. And so. Given our history there, so Paul, when I joined and when you joined the business, Dan Murphy's didn't have one pet nap. And, Correct. Uh, Alfington now has almost 30. So wow. I think we may, maybe we've gone a little bit too far. I'm not sure. But what well, we did. Well, not if people are buying it, right? Yeah, well, that's true. But I tell you what, we did sell an absolute truckload of. Uh, from our mates, from Caroline Mooney out there at Zonzo, was the Zonzo Bellini. Oh, my yeah. Lord. Now, Paul Taylor, yeah. have you tasted this wine? No, I haven't. Okay. You've seen it, though, with the orange kind of no, look. I've seen I, yeah. I shall buy a bottle today because I think I'm having dinner here with some friends tonight and it'll give me an excuse to buy it because it's, we can all have a taste. It's grouse. It's, so it's Prosecco with peach nectar blended into it as a Bellini was from Harry's Bar in, in it, Venice. Of course. And, of course, you yes. can buy the um, that actual particular one that they make in Venice. But this, oh, my Lord. So lighter alcohol. 
which is grouse. Yep. And I'll tell you an anecdote. I was out at Zonzo with some mates maybe two months ago for lunch on a Sunday afternoon. And these guys are all, they go to the gym and they're all, you know, beer drinking, red wine drinking blokes. And I was I was on the uh, Bellinis. And I was, I was like, Richo, what are you doing, mate? And I was like, fair income, just have a smell and a taste of this. Half an hour later, there was 20 people drinking Bellinis. It was the best thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it. We, I should be pouring it before our barbecue dinner tonight too uh, and explaining it to the, the people there. And um, that's, Good on you for saying that. No, like that'd be a great way to start a barbecue. Right. Just just make sure you just have a little bit of ice handy with it. Just keep it nice and cool. How, what is it, pretty yeah. hot in Wagga? No, you've got terrible weather in New South Wales. Is that no, right? no, no. It's pretty warm no. up here today. Yeah. So it's, I'm off to Sydney tomorrow yep. uh, and it's been lousy. I only know that because the cricket was yeah, rained yes, out. But yes. um, I am jumping on a boat tomorrow in the harbour, so I hope it's decent when nice. I get there. Oh, fabulous. And, and thoroughly well-deserved Paul Taylor. And I can't thank you enough for literally coming in the last... I was ringing Paul in the last one minute of that song to come and help That's us okay. out because we had a gap. And you, my friend, are a legend. I owe you drinks. Uh, and I'll accept them. <laughs> <laughs> With alacrity. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Wine uh, Show Australia, Mr. Paul Maxwell Taylor. Happy New Year to all to you and all of your uh, all of your listeners.